Welcome to Manufacturing Talk Radio, your source for breaking news, business trends, and economic forecasts here and abroad that impact one-third of America's economy. And now your hosts, Lou Weiss and Tim Grady. Welcome to Manufacturing Talk Radio. We are uh, doing a special edition with Tim Fiore, who is the committee chair for the ISM, that's the Institute for Supply Management, Manufacturing Report on Business. Uh, Just a heads up, by the way, before we start speaking with Tim, we have a new show that's launching next Wednesday, 1 p.m. It is Women and Manufacturing. We have a great interview coming up with Anna Hess who is one of the original Rosie the Riveters, this fascinating interview. It's like a walk through history with someone who lived it, coming from a dirt poor farm life at 15 years of age, going into manufacturing when, um, when uh, you know, we needed 3 million women in the workforce because the men were overseas. So tune into that next Wednesday, but let's get to our guest, Tim Fiore. Tim, welcome back to Manufacturing Talk Radio. Hi, Tim. Hi, Lou. How you guys doing? Great. How you doing? Excellent. So tell us what's new for our October report here on November 1. All right. So we're back on track uh, at pre-hurricane levels at a 58.7 uh, PMI for October which is pretty much the same as August's 58.8, and we had that uh, burp in September at 60.8. So if you look at the uh, manufacturing at a glance, there's a lot of negative numbers there, but uh, I think it's a very positive report. So let me kind of summarize for you. On the demand side, our new orders is at 63.4, still very strong, Uh, September 64.6, August of 60.3. So, I mean, the new orders just kind of sets the pace for everything. Uh, has been at 62 plus since uh, on average since December, which is you know really really strong. As long as that number stays up, everything else should follow. Our production, uh, our consumption side, production and employment, were down a combined 1.7, but they're equivalent numbers to August, uh, almost to the 10th. So you know the real story here was on the input side, supplier deliveries and uh, inventories combined were down uh, minus 7.5. So you look at them and uh, supplier delivery is 61.4, shows that suppliers are continuing to struggle to meet demand. Uh, the number is still uh, stronger than it was in August at 57.6, but slightly off of uh, September's number, 64.4. And then on the inventory side, uh, we closed the period at 48, which says that the inventories are contracting and uh, probably too low. That's a minus 4.5 reduction from September, and in August it was 55.5. So we're con- we're showing a continuing decline here in raw material inventories, which overall is good because it says that there's still demand, the pliers are still struggling struggling to deliver on time. And uh, you know, as we close the fiscal year here, uh, you would expect that inventory levels will be declining because it's it's you're entering that period of time when people are managing cash. So uh, overall, very good. You know, I think, you know, if I look at the demand side here, new orders, 63.4. Customer inventories were down slightly, uh, meaning that they improved a little bit compared to last month and compared to August. Uh, I have a little bit of concern there, but it's still a very low number, historical low. And uh, probably the biggest story here is the backlog at 55. 
which is down three points from September, down two and a half from August. So we were able to chew up some of that backlog. Um, and, you know, I want to keep a close eye on that number. Uh, hopefully that will continue to stay north of 50. Uh, interesting uh, numbers, uh, uh, Tim. And uh, the All Metals and Forge Group, which is the uh, our manufacturing arm of uh, Manufacturing Talk Radio, uh, we saw actually a significant increase in our sales in, uh, for the month of October, um, which we normally trail. However, uh, ISM goes is the way our manufacturing division goes. Uh, this time uh, we're seeing... Um, significant increases, and frankly, I'm not sure why. It seems to be in the uh, oil and energy sector, which uh, I would have thought would uh, still be in the uh, doldrums. Do you have uh, well, anything on that? Well, you know, of, of the five indexes that make up the PMI, uh, our six big industry sectors all expanded mm-hmm. in the period, and they expanded significantly. The only one that they didn't expand in was the inventory side where uh, only two of the six actually recorded higher inventories, which would indicate to me that they're consuming, um, you know, the raw material inventories, meaning that suppliers can't resatisfy them as quickly. So, you know, we had 16 of the 18 industries expanding in the sector, and uh, petroleum and coal products was there in all of those five elements except for the uh, raw material inventory side. And I think we're consistent with your number there at 63.4 new orders, and, and you've shown you're, you're logging more sales. And we had a 61-month on production side, which means we you know made stuff and shipped it. So, yeah, I think it was a really strong month. I mean, I, I think, you know, uh, I think last month I said if you took the hurricane out of September, we were probably 57 to 59 and a half in that range. And, uh, you know, here we are at 58.7. That kind of says to me that October and September were about the same output months. Uh, deliveries, the supplier deliveries possibly are impacting production, but it remains to be seen. Can you uh, explain for our listeners that uh, why the hurricanes that uh, came all back-to-back that pretty much decimated a, a month or more, why did the numbers go up? Well, you know, supplier deliveries and raw material inventories, uh, when suppliers have difficulty in delivering, that actually adds to the PMI. And when inventories go up, that adds to the PMI, too. So, uh, you know, in the prior months, we had supplier deliver supplier deliveries primarily. I think last month it was up seven points compared to the right. prior month. So that really provided the big momentum there for the September 60.8 number. So... As suppliers are continuing to struggle, but not struggling as bad as they were last month because of the, you know, the near-term impacts from those uh, hurricanes, primarily Harvey, by the way. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, things are improving a little bit, and that's that's what's really knocking our number down. So, I mean, you want to find the right number, right? Because as as we've said in the past, you don't want supplier deliveries to impact raw material inventories to the point where it also limits production. And uh, what what the numbers are saying this month is that production really wasn't limited. New orders continue to come up, but we've also been able to consume some of the backlog and also meet some of the customer inventory demands. So I would say we've made a slight improvement in overall output this month. And uh, as demand continues to remain at such high levels, uh, you know, things are looking pretty good. What do you think is going to go forward for November and December? Yeah. A great question. You know, so as I'm, I'm uh, as I'm talking through this today and, and got ready for the phone call, 
you know, I'm kind of penciling in some numbers of, uh, you know, what might happen going forward. You know, with a new order number at 63.4, like I said, really strong. If, uh, if we got back to the pre-hurricane levels of 60, 61, then, uh, you know, you could, you could see uh, this November, December being a 60 to 61 and a half month for new orders. Uh, production and employment would probably remain the same. Uh, I would see supplier deliveries continue to improve to the level of maybe a 56, which is uh, where we were historically pre-hurricane. And then uh, I, I would see raw material inventories continue to decline maybe a point or so to the 47 level as uh, people are making sure they're not receiving material that they can't use this year. Net result of that, I get to a 57 PMI for November and, uh, and December, you know, X any seasonal adjustment factors. So then if you add that to the 10 months so far, I mean, you're sitting at a 57 PMI for the entire year. And that's about a four percent growth rate. So, uh, I'll take those numbers all day long. Yeah, you bet, you bet. And you know, the interesting thing is that uh, you know we started the year here at around a four percent growth rate, and uh, you know everybody was saying it was going to be a one point eight year, and and now they've crept it up. Uh, last two quarters, according to the BEA, is we were at three percent. One was three point one. One was three. So the numbers are moving closer to our four percent. You know, I don't see any reason why our number would drop anywhere below fifty-seven. Uh, it would be a very big surprise to me if we saw that happening in the last two months. So, uh, so we'll probably end up at a 57 average for the year. And you know, Q4, BEA will probably come out with a number in February. It'll probably be you know close to three percent. So, you know, three out of four quarters or three plus percentage points uh, in GDP growth, and that only gives us a 25 percent gap to our number. So we, you know, we've kind of closed the gap, I think. Yeah. So we're not going to see a four to five percent GDP. Well, as I mean, some, uh, as some predict. <laughs> well, that would be something. Yeah, <laughs> I wouldn't mind sticking it, around for that. I might even go back to work. Yeah, you might even <laughs> take credit for it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I can't do that. But I might go back to work because that would mean wages will be way up, won't they? <laughs> uh, Tim, do you expect supplier deliveries to actually uh, keep pace with this, uh, let's say, warm of an economy? Yeah, well, yeah, I, th I think so. I mean, what we're showing, anything over 50 means that they're struggling. The bigger the number over 50, the more they're struggling. And, uh, you know, we, we, August was 57, September was 64. We're now at 61. And there's still a lot of comments coming in about transportation and freight disruptions, uh, which, you know, some of that's related to hurricanes, some of that's related to overall transportation system issues. And some of it is related to... Uh, basic road freight demand and we have a lot of comments about lack of capacity in the transportation sector here leading to supply chain disruptions so you know some of it has to do with expedited freight post hurricane you know dedicated dry vans and things rushing stuff around to meet production schedules but you know i think supplier deliveries will as we close the year i mean people don't really prep for january until second, third week of December, you know, everybody's going to want to manage cash as they normally do in the, in the manufacturing environment as we close the year. We, uh, we have four measurement points in a public company for inventories, uh, and one of them is coming up at the end of the year. I would expect that number to stay low, which means it'll be easier for suppliers to deliver. So, yeah, I think the, I think supplier delivery number is going to come back in the 55, 56 range and still reflects uh, a significant amount of demand that they're having to respond to, but it would also indicate to me that they're able to respond to most of it. 
compared to where it was last month. Uh, Tim, do I dare to project that January, February, contrary to typical first quarter uh, results, that this could be a uh, beginning of a good year, considering we've had two or three not so good? Yeah, so, I mean, we're going to close the year here pretty strong, I think. Uh, But there's nothing that indicates that we'll go into next year really weak. I mean, January is never really a strong month. Uh, Right. There's a lot of uh, adjustments that occur in the first couple of weeks and uh, people coming back from holiday vacations and stuff at the end of December. And so, but our our seasonal adjustment factor will probably, uh, you know, account for some of that. But I don't see why we don't just continue. I mean, we're, we're 19 months into a 30 to 34 month cycle. Uh, we've been saying that we probably have at least another 12 months to go on an expansion mode in the manufacturing environment. There's nothing that would indicate that that's not going to continue. So, uh, you know, I think January, February will be strong months also. Yeah, by February, the cook, the book should be finished being cooked for January. Yeah, it's all baked. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's all baked. But, you know, so right. prices, uh, I mean, the, the prices with, thing is, is, uh, is real interesting and, so, you know, we talked a little bit about that last month, and, we, you know, we said that a lot of the manufacturing people are uh, talking about price structures for 2018 with their suppliers. Uh, we did see a relaxation of the price number by three points. Uh, you know, nothing too, too severe. That's about a 12 percentage point decline within the range of the PMI, which is 45 to 70. Um, you know, steel is still at, at, uh, at fairly low nominals. You know, spot price for steel is about 614. Uh, copper seems to be climbing again. It seems to be doing a cycle, not not big swings, but it's not on our list of uh, stuff up in price this month. But uh, I don't believe it is. Hold on. But if you look at the spot price, it's uh, it's climbing again, so it, it may show up again. Yeah, it's off of our list this month, but it may show up again next month. The plastic things will continue, I think, into January, February, and then. By then, uh, you know, hurricane impacts from uh, September, early September, late August will have dissipated. And, uh, yeah, I, you know, I think, I think you know, the, the adjustments here for understanding the price structure into 2018 are kind of well-known. Uh, a lot of the earnings have been reported so far. Revenues are up. Margins are up. That's all really good. Uh, but that would indicate to me that these price increases that we've had for the last six months have been passed through successfully to the next level because revenue is up and margins expanding. So, yeah, I, I think, uh, you know, I think we're in pretty good shape here. I'm, I'm anxious to get away from the hurricanes now because it's, 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 uh, it's causing, uh, you know, it's causing me to, 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 to do not factoring or eyebrow raising, but it's like, okay, let's move on here so we can get back to the pure economy. Well, I think, uh, after this show, uh, Tim, I'm going to go put my deposit down on a new boat <laughs> yeah, just don't take just don't take a second mortgage out, Lou. Okay. Now, listen to be to be a solid American, you have to be in debt. No, well, no, that's, no that's, two ways about it. It's almost true. un-American. That's true, and then yeah, try to avoid the credit card stuff. Yeah, at twenty-four percent. What's wrong with that? Well, I've always <laughs> said if the banks do well, Americans do well. So yeah. the banks are that's doing put well out again. by the banks. <laughs> yeah. It's self-fulfilling, isn't it? That's correct. <laughs> Tim, I'm curious, and I'm going to ask Anthony Nieves this question when we interview him. 
In terms of transportation, I know that the transportation companies are having a difficult time finding drivers. They're talking about driverless rigs. What do you foresee happening in transportation as it affects manufacturing in the coming year? Because it, it looks to get much tighter. What are your respondents saying? Yes, yes. Well, they've gone through a period of time here where, where they've had a lot of difficulty and Driver shortages have always been a problem. I mean, the numbers, I, you know, I worked in the transportation sector in the early 2000s, and it was always difficult uh, attracting and retaining good, qualified drivers. And the, the more the economy expands, the more that becomes a big issue. We're, you know, we're seeing a lot of comments on the manufacturing side that obviously leads to supply chain disruptions. It leads to uh, expedited freight costs, which impact margins and things. So. I like it. I mean, I like to. I follow some of the transportation companies. I, lo- I like to see their revenue miles, how many uh, miles they actually build compared to the prior month or uh, year over year, and it seems like those miles are up, which is always a good thing. The more, the more miles a truck drives, generally, the better the economy is. And uh, I, you know, I've used transportation companies as an indicator of manufacturing health, and everything I'm seeing here in the comments says that uh, people are struggling getting. Good, uh, good transporters to arrive on time and and uh, and to deliver on time, and in large respect, that's probably due to the fact they're having trouble finding qualified drivers. And I mean, our transportation sector and the manufacturing side, which includes truck manufacturing, uh, has been strong. It's our number two category. Lots of comments coming from them that says demand is good. So, I mean, without a truck, you don't need a driver, right? So, uh, as long as the truck manufacturing is starting to accelerate up a bit and uh, you know they can find the qualified drivers that are needed uh, it'll be less and less of an issue in the supply chain but you know it'll probably it's probably going to remain an issue you know as we cross into January February uh, Tim uh, for the sake of our listeners uh, where do you, where do you find uh, truck miles driven uh, most of the most of the big leasing companies will report that uh, it's, it's something that will be uh, you know, X gap. So, because um, most of your truck leasing companies, they'll lease a vehicle out. It'll include so many miles, and then they bill out uh, X amount over the, over those miles. And since they still own the vehicles, they know how many miles are being put on them. So, you can find that in some of the big truck leasing companies' financials. Okay, that's a good thing to know. Sounds like you have to dig for it a little bit, or know where to dig for it to find it. Yeah, well, you know, sometimes they'll report it. I listen into the analyst calls. Uh, sometimes they'll report it on the analyst calls. It makes it easier to find it. Yes. Okay. Yeah. We were speaking uh, also with an economist on exports, and exports seem to be continuing to be strong. Uh, Europe, their economy seems to be humming along, and they're 25% of our exports. Uh, I guess as long as the dollar remains or softens a bit, this is going to continue as well. Is that right, Tim? Well, you know, we, we finished the month at 56.5, uh, last month 57, okay. Month before that, 55.5, so it's still a really strong expansion mode. Uh, machinery and transportation equipment are number six and number two categories. We're at the top of the expansion list, which would uh, indicate that they're probably, uh, you know, north of 60. And that's really good. You know, that's high-value stuff, lots of steel in it, lots of labor content, uh, special finishing. And as long as we, we get Scott Garrett out of XM Bank. Well, 
Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, that's got a lot to do with the air side, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah, we that's, have to, uh, we, he's we problematic. Have yeah, well, yeah, I mean, that, yeah, it would be nice if that got resolved. Um, but, you know, we had five of the six big industries expanding, and even the chemical side uh, had a slight expansion, probably closer to 50 to 53, but we had five of the six expanding. I think uh, petroleum and coal products was the only one that didn't uh, expand on the export side. So exports are and good. I mean, the, it's been a good number. Uh, I'm sorry, Tim. Is the is the chemical uh, industry recovering now post hurricane? I, I didn't know when that hit. How long they would be hobbled by it? Are they coming back pretty quickly, pretty strong? Well, lots of, you know, lots of comments about uh, shortages and to some extent allocations and uh, price increases. You can see it in our stuff that's up in price. There's a lot of basic and intermediate chemicals as well as plastic products that are showing up, uh, you know, all the polys again, the resin-based products are all chemicals, solvents, um, glycols, high-density polyethylene, low-density polyethylene, hydrochloric acid. So, I mean, we're still experiencing the impact of that, and, you know, a lot of this stuff shows up three or four layers down in the supply chain, and uh, it gets passed through slowly. That's why we had said uh, at the end of August that our our survey panel pretty much thought that we'd have about three months of supply chain disruptions, and uh, October is the end of the second month, you know, one more month of that, and we'd have about six months, up to six months of price impacts, and, you know, that brings us to February. So whether whether we'll know, you know, in January or February whether, you know, price increases in plastic resins were driven by the hurricane or not remains to be seen, but... You know, pretty much as we close the year here, we'll probably continue to have price impacts driven by the hurricanes and, to a smaller extent, supply chain disruptions. And and what that'll mean is that the, the supply chain difficulties in moving material from point A to point B will be more based on true demands and not the artificial impact of a natural disaster. Well, that's that's great uh, to hear. Obviously, a very strong report. Um, I, I know that most mainstream media is going to say the ISM number is down from the previous month and misstate that this is actually a roll up every month. We like to emphasize that it's a roll up, and it rolled up really nice, Tim. Thanks yeah. for being with us to explain it. Yeah, you, you bet. Uh, so, yeah, so you know, final comments here, price pressure. Um, 14 of 18 sectors reported price increases. Last month we had 18 of 18. So you can see it's kind of backing down a little bit. And uh, and my last comment is here. I did do another sample survey. I counted up 130 comments. And we had 30, 32 that were hurricane-related this month. So mm-hmm. converting that to a percentage, last month we had 54% comments were hurricane-related. This month it was 24%. So, you know, so oh. we've cut that number in half. Well, that's, that's great, and I'm glad to hear that uh, we're beginning to uh, uh, resolve the hurricane issue. I, I don't know how Puerto Rico is doing at this point. I think they still have a very long way to go, uh, but uh, this too shall pass. Uh, before you before you uh, say sayonara to go to all the mainstream guys and not have as much fun as you do with us, uh, I just <laughs> wanted to point out that uh, – we have a new show starting November 8th uh, called Wham! Women and Manufacturing. And our inaugural show is with Anna Hess, 
who is one of the original uh, Rosie the Riveters. Uh, she lied to get the job. She was six. She was 15. She had to be 16, so she broke the law. Uh, we have a 45-minute segment with her, and she is a living piece of history. And uh, so I'm suggesting that you all tune into that. It's November 8th, next Wednesday at 1 p.m., and uh, we're going to have a good time with this show. So uh, I, I, all of you make a notation of that. And, uh, uh, Tim, thanks for being on the show. Uh, say hello to uh, uh, Bloomberg and CNN and all the rest of the guys. And uh, we'll talk to you next month. Yeah, glad to be here, guys. Uh, have a good month. Yeah, you too. All right, thanks. Thank, thank you. Will do. Will do. And we've been speaking with Tim Fiore, who is the committee chair for the Institute for Supply Management's report on business that just came out this morning. So we're going to run this show as a special, and you'll hear more of it next week. And we're going to pair it up with a couple of other folks. I'm not quite sure what we'll pair it up with. It may be Chris Keel. It may be Anthony Nieves. It may be all of the above. But we've got a ton of great information packed into this show and what's coming up next Tuesday. So, as always, go to mfgtalkradio.com and visit our website for all of our shows. And you can listen to them uh, when they go live or when they are put in the archive where we keep them in our library. Lou, I think that kind of wraps us up for today, unless you've got anything else to throw in. I'm looking forward to the Anna Hess show. That's It's so neat. No, that's a great show, and uh, I I think that we uh, really did a great job with that. And uh, as you remembered, I said I have to go put a deposit on a boat, uh, <laughs> and uh, hopefully I could pay cash, no mortgage, even though that's uh, anti-American. So, uh, Tim, we'll be talking again. Great, Lou. Thanks. And that wraps us up for this special episode of Manufacturing Talk Radio. Thanks for joining us on Manufacturing Talk Radio. You can hear our next broadcast each Tuesday at 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time at mfgtalkradio.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.